y'all and welcome back. So we're going to be reading from our little book. I've got to talk to somebody, God. This is the cover <laughs> if you want to try to find it for yourself. It's by Marjorie Holmes, Woman's Conversations with God. So um, just going to see where the Lord leads us today. So let me just... Okay, if you have this little book, we're going to be reading from page 31 and part most of 32. Uh, it's kind of long, so um, it's under the grouping, Put My House in Order, and the title of it is Color. So, let's just get started. Oh God, how grateful we all should be for color, for blue skies and blue eyes and this little blue dress that I'm hanging on the line. For oranges vivid in the brown basket that sits upon my kitchen table. For the purple grapes that choke the fence and the lavender cups of morning glories against the white garage. What a lovely thing, the interplay of colors in a paisley blouse, a throw rug, a bracelet, a vase on the shelf. I think of all the unsung artists and craftsmen who have produced them and the marvelous routes and ways of trade and commerce that must weave and interplay like the intermingling colors to bring them all into my home to enrich and heighten the pattern of all our lives. I'm grateful God for all red things, for cannons, for scarlet cardinals, for the ruby red of cherries, the red on the woodpecker's throat, the bright living red of my own blood flowing and the faded red of old box cards or wind-beaten barns. I offer up thanks, dear God, for green. The leaves are green of countless shades, and so are the grasses and the growths with which you've chosen to carpet your world, and that we, your people, are given gifts that enable us to copy these limitless greens in, paints, in paint and fabrics, in wallpapers and leathers and dyes. I am happy, Lord, for yellow, the golden yellow of sunshine and butter and daffodils and autumn trees, for the lovely yellow so rich, so intense in an egg yolk, a lemon, a length of ribbon, a pair of bright new shoes. And you gather all of these many colors into an arch of misty ribbons and turn them into a rainbow for our delight as if the whole beautiful earth were being packaged up and tied with a bow. How grateful we should be that you didn't give us a drab, serene world or one in mere black and white, that you decided to even make people in so many shades of skin and hair and eyes. How dull it would be, Lord, if all races and all faces looked alike. Thank you, God, for color all the exciting hues that drench the earth and stir the senses and for giving us the eyes with which to see them. Thank you, God, for the miracle of sight. Wow. She has such a way with words, doesn't she? Um, it kind of brings back to mind whenever I was in the medical field. Um, we were in hospice. I was in hospice and home health. And our, my director, my boss, she would always tell our nurses, well, any of our um, field people, the nurses, the chaplains, the social workers, you know, volunteers, any of that. She would be like, when you chart, 
paint a picture. I want to see a picture. And it just kind of reminds me of, I mean, can y'all not see the picture that Marjorie Holmes is painting? And just see all the colors as we're, as I'm reading about them and we're, you know, talking about it, just all the beautiful colors. And um, I just thank God for a world full of color. It is just a wonderful thing. I find myself going outside, looking at my flowers that I have planted, my day lilies and my amaryllis and my lilies of the Nile. And even the mums will sometimes bloom in the summertime that I have. Um, crepe myrtle trees and I just get so excited anytime I see a little flower or a big flower depending on the, the type of plant and just to see the color that God I mean you look I've been riding down the road and you look up at the sky and you know you see all the different colors and it's like only God only God can make those colors just work so well together how he that garden book that I have on my coffee table that is just full of all kinds of flowers, I just look at them and I'm like, only God could have come up with that. It's just amazing. It's so beautiful. And I'm so grateful for the sight to be able to see it. You know, if you know, I've been watching, I've been addicted to, hooked on, whatever you want to call it, obsessed with <laughs> Little House on the Prairie. Um, and... You know, of course, if you know anything about it, Mary loses her sight. And I just feel awful for the people that it's terrible to lose your sight, but she lost her sight, but she still has the recollection, a recollection of what it looked like before that. There are some people that have never had the privilege, the luxury of seeing at all. And when I think about that, I'm just like, oh, Lord, how blessed are we to have our sight? And do we ever, do I ever just say, thank you, Lord, for my sight? Thank you, Lord, that I'm able to get up out of bed on my own. Thank you, Lord, for the ability that I have a sound mind, a healthy body, that I can walk into the kitchen and fix myself a cup of coffee. Do I ever just stop to thank him for the things that I do every day that he's allowed me to do that he's blessed me to do such as the little things that maybe I take for granted that I can open my eyes and I can see you know I can get up on my own I can fix my own cup of coffee I can taste I can hear I can walk you know it's such a blessing and I don't ever ever want to take any of this that God has allowed me to see and experience for granted because it is a true gift and not everybody has the luxury of receiving that gift. Not saying that, you know, they're not good enough or they're not worthy for whatever reason it's the way it is. And you know, who are we to question God and wonder why things happen to certain people? That's not for us to understand. But I don't want to take for granted all of the blessings that he has given me. The ability to be able to see all the beautiful colors. And how fortunate, like she said, how blessed are we that he didn't bless us with the world of just drab, just black and white and grays. How drab would that be? 
you know, movie makers, um, cinematographers and stuff, they will use color as a way to also get a, a, a reaction, a feeling, a mood. They will, you know, use that to set a mood um, because it it's, it's impacts us that much. It plays that much of a, a part in our lives. I mean, I think about myself, just myself alone, um, when we have like those rainy seasons and everything is just gray and just blah, how that affects my mood. But then when we have these bright sunny days and the grass is green and the flowers are blooming and how that affects my mood, color does impact us. And it's sad that our world has also found a way to use color against us. Um, by judging a person and their character based on the color of their skin, that's so wrong. That's so wrong. And it will never be accepted by me or, or anybody that I know that I'm close to. We, you know, we don't judge a book by its cover. No, sir, we do not. You judge a person based on their character when you get to know them. And that's what you base your judgment on. Never the color of someone's skin. That is so wrong. I mean, first of all, who are we to judge to start with? We're so imperfect ourselves. We have no rights to judge anyone. But it is, it is so sad that this world has found a way. Some of the people in this world have found a way to take something that God created and make it so ugly. It's so sad. And, you know, I've, I'm... We see that more and more every day, how they will take the beauty of God's creations. First of all, not give him any credit for it at all. Um, and try to use it and benefit from it and twist it and make it an ugly thing. And um, that's so sad. So sad. When God created color for us to enjoy and to just be a little, it's like I refer to that little handful on purpose, you know. He didn't have to give us a colorful world. He did not have to give us all the beauty that he did. He didn't have to give us the thousands and thousands and thousands of plant species and trees and grasses, birds, the animals. He didn't have to do any of that. He could have made this world very black and white. He could have just stuck us here to just go about but he didn't. He made all of this beautiful creation for us to enjoy. And he put us here on this earth. And then he desires relationship with us. The creator of the universe created us so we could have relationship with him. That we could get to be in his presence. Do y'all think about that? I think about that. I think about, you know, I see the different ones that go gaga over these celebrities and being in their presence and how they act when they, you know, see their favorite celebrity or their favorite singer. I see how the different countries that have royalty, how they react to, you know, the king and the queen and the princes and princesses and all of that, which that's fine. I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking any of that. But do you not realize the one in whom you're in the presence of when you talk to him 
that he comes, the King of Kings, the God of this universe, the creator of it all, desires relationship with you, that he will come to where you are. He will come to your house. He will come to your car. He will come to your work. Wherever you are, he will come to you. He doesn't even require you to come to him. He will come to you and be in your presence. Y'all, I get to thinking about that when I let my mind just really think about things like that. I get so like just caught up in my thoughts sometimes and it just overwhelms me to think that the God that created these little birds that I love to watch and feed, he created that and he desires relationship with me. Who am I? I'll tell you who we are. We're his children and he loves us and he thought us worth dying for. We're fixing, we're coming up on a celebration where we're fixing to be celebrating Easter. And in my home, Easter is all about the crucifixion. Yeah, I have a few rabbits scattered here and there and little eggs. And I always fix my kids little Easter baskets and stuff like that. But that that's not what Easter represents to me. Easter represents the day that our Lord come to this earth and wrapped himself in flesh, knowing that he was going to have to die for us. And he knew what he was going to have to go through. And yet he chose to do, to die on that old rugged cross, to be beaten, to be mocked, to be shamed. And, you know, yeah, when you see pictures of the crucifixes and stuff, they always have that little piece across his private areas. That wasn't so in real life. He was naked on that cross, beaten, mopped, spit on, whipped. I don't know how Mary stood it. I don't. And I don't know how Jesus took it. And I don't know what he saw in me that he found me worthy enough to go through all of that for. So why wouldn't I love him? And why wouldn't I serve him? And why wouldn't I want relationship with him? Y'all, I love him so much. And it just breaks my heart to think about what he went through, to think about this creation that he made, this beautiful world full of color and beautiful things for us to see. And I see how man has taken his creation that he intended for beauty and he man has allowed the devil to use him to make what God intended to be beautiful so ugly and so wrong and he God knew all this was going to happen and yet he went through it anyway he died anyway for us I just it, it just overwhelms me. And then when it gets to this time of year, Easter holiday coming up, it just, I really, I don't know. It's just, it has taken on a whole new meaning for me in the last few years. Um, when I think about everything and, and just really, I don't know, God is just really like 
just give me this feeling and just this, I don't even know how to describe how it affects me now. It affects me so differently than it ever has before. And I just, I hurt, I hurt knowing what he went through for me. Knowing that I was gonna do everything that I did. Knowing that I was going to be the way that I was and knowing that I may or may not want his relationship. He's not gonna force himself on me. He knew there was a chance that I would not choose him. He knew there was a chance that I would not accept him and want to live for him. He knew that and yet he died for me anyway. What a great God, what a great God he is. So yes, I will proudly say, I love the Lord. I will live for the Lord and I will do my utmost best to make him proud of me. I want to be in relationship with him because no one has ever done for me what he's done for me. Mm, 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 mm. I love him so much. And I love y'all and I thank y'all for being here with me. And if you are ever, the devil ever tries to tell you that you are not worthy, that you are a nobody, that you are a nothing, that you're just the worst of the worst. First of all, he's a liar and the father of. So you know if he's telling you this, it's a lie from the very pits of hell. Second of all, you rebuke him in Jesus' name and you remind him, God thought me worthy of dying for. He loves me. He died for me. The devil wouldn't do that for you. No, he would not. The devil only wants to seek, kill, and destroy anything he touches. God only wants to love you and bless you. And he just wants relationship with you. He wants to talk to you. That's all he wants. What a difference. Oh, I hope y'all have a wonderful weekend. I hope that you feel the love of God just surround you. And if you are in a state of feeling just like you don't matter, no, you matter. The King of Kings, the God of the universe, the creator of it all, wrapped himself in flesh, came down to this earth of the most humble beginnings and walked to this earth and died an agonizing death for you and for me. Mm. You're worthy. He loves you. Have a blessed weekend and I will see you next one. Bye y'all. Thank you.